Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Is there a subtitle? Part one. Part okay. one. I don't know if that's on the trailer, on the poster or not, or if that's supposed to be a surprise. Anyway, we're talking about Mission Impossible. We're going to go and get this thing going. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. It's Matt. And I'm Michael. We got Matt back. It's, I mean, it's Mission I'm Impossible. Back. It's a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. It's on the pod. We got to have Matt. Absolutely. Um, right. Um, but yes, we are going to be talking about and spoiling Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> so if you care about spoilers, obviously don't listen to our review. Uh, if you don't care, then, you know, have at it. Yeah. Um, however, we won't spoil anything about the movie until we get to the review. But first, got to do the news. Dylan, what you got? All right. So I'll start off with some. I mean, I will say it's a little bit light of a news. It is. In terms of like just... Everybody's In terms talking of like about TV slash movie reviews, like reveals. Yeah, we got a bunch yeah. last week right before they went on strike, and now we're kind of in the, you know, uh, the dearth part of it. So, um, mm-hmm. I guess like the news is that there's a strike. We've we've been talking about it for a long time leading up to it, but the right. the strike has officially commenced. Um, the this is the SAG strike. Um, in addition to the Writers Guild um basically they're asking for like you know some better compensation and there's a lot of like ai centered uh requests as well Um, yeah they want to control the use of their likeness um which seems totally fair to me Uh, (laughs) reasonable you would think but it's incredible how reasonable sag is yeah the request is please don't steal my face for all of eternity and they're like no it's ours um so here we are uh the the box office so far like we're gonna talk about a little bit what the implications are for movies you know so that's what that's what we deal Mm -hmm. with here um the box office so far like from january to july compared to last year is up 13 percent. so it's been steadily increasing since the pandemic so it's like looking it's pretty optimistic you know Mm -hmm. um but like i think there will be some ramifications from the strike right now especially if it lasts longer than four to six weeks four to six weeks is kind of the window where things could relatively stay on track if they stretch things out a little bit and you know we wouldn't make we we could maybe avoid some like real problems but if it goes longer than that which it is kind of expected to um we'll start to see maybe some minor quality issues with the q4 movies this year so the basically the winter movies Mm -hmm. what Um, kind of minor quality issues well, they won't be able to do any ADR pickups or Ooh, like okay. uh, voiceover voiceover pickups or reshoots, oh. which all these tentpole movies do up until the last minute. Now. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. Lots so of. if there's some kind of little issue that they want to fix, they're not going to be able to do that. Um, hold on, I had it written down what those were. Uh, Wonka, Aquaman 2, The Color Purple, and Ghostbusters. Not Aquaman 2. Yeah, well, hmm. that was going to be bad anyway. Um, where... Dylan! <laughs> <laughs> just kidding maybe it'll be good I, I why are you good. booing him um, he's right <laughs> he feels the same way um those are all movies that are in the window where they would be working in that stuff right now so we might see some problems there i don't know we'll see but the big uh the bigger ones to suffer will be um movies that come out in the latter part of 2024 uh they're the ones that are filming now um, mm-hmm. So if it lasts longer than four to six weeks, those you can expect all those to be delayed. Um, sure. Deadpool being one of them, that's like one of the bigger ones. It comes out in May, uh, so Not really anymore. soon actually. Yeah, I don't think so anymore because they stopped filming it 
in the middle of filming. Um, Yikes. I don't know. And they also might delay some stuff because of promotion. Some of them rely on actors doing social media promotion, appearing on talk shows, going to premiere, stuff like that. But apparently, and there's been a lot of studies on this, the tentpole movies like largely rely on TV ad campaigns and like trailers and social campaigns more so than the actors going out and doing it themselves. Okay. It's not as like grassroots. Basically, they just want only care about visibility. And that's like the most important. People need to know what's coming out. But with the smaller films that aren't like a tentpole movie, they need they rely on the like the awards fair. They rely on actors to be at the premiere and talk about it and go online and tell their fans about it. Right. It's, it's something that like people need to know more so what the movie's about and what the agenda is and why it's like so high quality that they need to go. You know, it's like a it's like a very different kind of market than promoting like the flash or something like that. You and know it's I mean? so different than like what we think we as more we we are probably a little bit different than who is targeted by that type of marketing, right? Like we're mm-hmm. we're so plugged into this crap, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about day changes yeah. and posters and teaser releases and so like I guess I, I, I would be a little bit out of touch with needing to see Ezra Miller on a talk show to know that the flash is coming out. Yeah. It's really hard. We're on the outside looking in. Right. Like you need to know the date of Aquaman two, but you don't need to know like what it meant to Jason Momoa to film this, you know, like it's not like as like introspective, like a, like you're not pulling on people's like heartstrings or their intellect. I feel like to go Mm. see these movies, they just want you to know that's coming out. Um, So Venice film festival is on September 15th. And that's kind of the big like date where all these people would be like, okay. um, what's the Yorgos Lanthimos movie? Uh, uh, poor Things. Yeah, Poor Things is premiering there. And that would really rely on Emma Stone promoting it. Yes. You know, um, so these kinds of movies will probably Challengers, the Luca Guadagnino Zendaya movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's what it's called. Yes. Right? Yeah. That looks that'll, good. That'll, that'll, that'll hinge on DiCaprio being able to sell it and De Niro and, you know, so it's those that I think we should be more worried about, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it ends soon, but there's been like slight updates about what's going on and it's not, nothing's looking promising for it ending soon. So we'll see. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully that, um, I mean, it's not going to end until the, they get what they want. So, I hope yep. it goes quickly for them. Agreed. Agreed. We've got that UPS strike coming up too, maybe. Potentially, yeah. That's gonna oh, be really? big. Yep. It's 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 uh it's gonna be real big. I don't know if but that's not part of our news, like but yeah. That's like just in the world. I yeah, feel like that's a little little scarier. August first. If Michael can't get his Modoc hot toy, then there's gonna be a real problem. <laughs> Dylan relax. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Okay, um, this is like a slight pivot to Bob Iger. Um, he, oh we're not talking about like he said some atrocious things about the strike, but that's not really what we're like covering. He's basically what you'd expect from a billionaire stance on this, you know? Why do they need Shocking money? nobody. Um, kind of. Uh, but we're talking about um, some we of want his to lose their homes. Reflect. Yeah, they don't need homes. Um, his reflections on he he signed a new contract at take over or to stay at Disney, I think till 2026, something like that. So a few more years. And he's the one who basically 
led Disney into its like most profitable era and okay. acquired all the things that Star Wars, Marvel, stuff like that. He's credited with so much. And then he left for a couple of years and then it was kind of a, I want to say run into the ground, but it, it bad it Bob. Yeah. Yeah. The other Bob. Um, so he's reflecting on what some of the problems were and he did talk about Marvel. Some he said, uh, there've been some disappointments that we would have liked, um, out of more recent releases to perform better. So that's a nice way of saying something's bombed and that sucks. Um, (laughs) He says it's reflective, not as a problem from a personnel perspective, but I think in our effort to basically grow our content significantly to serve mostly our streaming offerings, we ended up taxing our people way beyond in terms of their time and their focus way beyond where they had been. Which I think is like funny to say, because he's phrasing it like, Oh, something is an accident. Like, right. Oh, we ended up mistreating all of our employees. We didn't. Oops. Oh, how do we do that? I hate when that happens. I really um, bungled that one. <laughs> it's just a weird Shucks. way to phrase it. Like we ended it, right. up taxing our people. Like that's not. You didn't end up. You did that because you got greedy. You, or you made did, an, you, you know? made a choice to do that. <laughs> yeah, he said Marvel's a great example of that. Um, they had not been in the TV business in any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series. And frankly. It diluted focus and attention. That is, I think, more of the cause than anything. So he's, it seems like he's leaning more towards a, uh, like less output um, sure. to when, when he was in charge. So maybe I think like pretty soon we'll see way less TV shows and a few, like a couple, two to three movies a year, something like that. Two movies, I would say. Um, I, I, which I he is like they... a monster, but I am, in, I am in support of that. Yeah. They just seem to space out the things, you know? I agree. Like I, I am also in support of that. I mean, it makes more sense. We've been talking about this for a while. I mean, even before writer strikes or anything along those lines, we're, we've been talking about just saturation with with wanting this trend of blockbuster superhero type movies to be able to continue and be enjoyable by everybody. And sure, they're making a ton of money, but when you keep pumping the crap out like this, it's just not gonna it's not gonna work out. Now, yeah, exactly. We've talked about. Um, basically exactly what he said that things have been diluted. Um, and I know we don't think superhero movies will ever like fully go away. Oh, they so will. But do you? But do you think? <laughs> I don't think. I don't think they'll ever like disappear. But do you think they'll? There's a path for it to like bounce back to where everything was making a billion dollars like a few years mm. ago, or no? It's just it's how it is now. I I think I think it can improve, but I think um maybe not, maybe not getting back to the billion dollar mega you know, successes that way they were having before. But I mean, we're having, this is a different landscape right now. I mean, not, not, in, not in the recent future, I should say. I mean, who's to say in 20 years, what is popular again, maybe theaters make a big comeback, but like, I don't see theaters. Uh, what are they doing to get people in? Like, I mean, the theaters don't seem to be doing much other than. Biggest format like, you can watch. Uh, sure. But like, that's, that's great for that's pitch. that's great for Oppenheimer, right? But like yeah. for for your person who isn't us, who is going to see all yeah. these movies in theaters, when they can go see it at home in a month, I you know like do I need to go to pay seventy dollars to take my family of five to go see Barbie? Yeah, you know, and no. Yes, you do. Well, yeah, it's obviously. an incredibly it's an incredibly complex issue with 
what is the what is the sweet spot when it comes to pricing for movie tickets now? I mean, what's coming out? How long things are in theaters for? Because the turnaround time for films is, has gone way down too, and that's a big thing. And right, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. Big, I don't know. I, I think I, I think that's um. I I don't. The, the onus is on theaters to make that worth people's time because mm-hmm. this it's not i don't think it's up to hollywood to make the movies more or less compelling i think the movies are going to be what the movies are going to be yeah and the theaters need to have the experience that makes you want to go obviously we're going to go right yeah oh for sure but yeah i think i think it is a, it is a little bit on them though because they on things them, like what they did with with all the hbo yeah on oh. studios cuz like what they did with hbo and um, they really train people to not go to the movies a little bit as well. You know, that's, that's and, true. I mean, I get oh, it. Oh yeah, the fault Everyone, is on Hollywood for doing that for sure. Yeah, so they've put they've put theaters in a position where they're all in like crippling debt and can't afford to like do um, anything plus up the theater experience like they should. You know, right? It's like a it's just like a double edged sword. It's unfortunate. I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is tough. I don't know, man. And also, they're they're putting out just way too much studios. There shouldn't have been five blockbusters in June, you know? Yeah, um, no kidding. Especially if there's going to be some kind of like, you know, break in movies that definitely could have been stretched out. But we'll see. How how do you really think? Do you think the studios might have seen the strike coming from like way further out than we think? Well, they have to know. Yes, I mean they knew before we did for sure. But you think far enough out where they can schedule to put blockbusters out before? Well, they can push movies back. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that's why maybe that's why they had five this month, and they're like because they know that they they can have the stars do press. I don't honestly, man. I don't know that. I think they knew a couple months before, but I don't think they knew enough to like change any production. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, like I'm I'm just speculating because like that if it could go because if they can predict it as far back as i don't know to when they're scheduling these films it's it's incredible that like yeah just how you're having actors and actresses stop press period is such an unheard of thing in our day and age of constant media bombardment with movies right. and tv shows it's just nuts absolutely i know poor dune 2 came out dune uh. 1 came out in the pandemic and dune 2 can't be promoted so it's like <laughs> can't catch a break dude poor franchise yeah <laughs> Um, another, a little thing that they're trying, um, I think this might be helpful when there's like less TV content because there's no writers. So we're going to get like an influx of reality TV. Like there was last time when there was a Uh, strike. I'm looking at you, the golden bachelor. Um, I don't know if y'all saw that. It's a seniors only. You know, I didn't. Oh God. I did Um, not see it. But they're, they're airing Miss Marvel on ABC. Um, Oh, Wow. That's good. Yeah, Honestly, that's awesome. if, you know what? That's good. I a think that's, that's I'm 100% behind that. I think that's that, a yeah. good idea. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think it needs it had pretty low viewership compared to other Marvel shows on Disney Plus and I think it needs some why. some extra <laughs> I think it needs some extra views to plus up the Marvels, which is definitely in November. That'll help for sure. November. It's coming out soon. Yeah. Hopefully. So, I think that's kind of a cool idea and I think if we like lose TV next year maybe you could just rather than making a million reality shows 
uh, Real Housewives of Houston or whatever, you could uh, hey, I wanted to watch that. WandaVision or something like that, you know? Right. I think, I mean, that's a good idea. And and I think that doesn't hurt the streaming service either. Um, it's been it's, long enough, yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. You've had your chance. <laughs> yeah. You've had your chance. <laughs> You've made your money. Yeah. Um, but now they got to do Blu-ray sales. I want to buy WandaVision on Blu-ray. Come on. I mean, um, yeah. Maybe it'll be like a Criterion entry in like 50 years or something. You know, you never know. WandaVision? At Barnes and Noble. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get it during the Criterion sale. Criterion's had some wild, anyway, whatever. Criterion's had some interesting anyway. releases lately. What if they, what if they did the, Dis- what if they brought the Disney vault back? Yeah, You know what? Like the modern day vaulting. The modern day vaulting of like physical media. Like that'd be kind of, that'd be kind of fun, I guess. Maybe, but not, but don't charge like you know out the wazoo for it. But you know, a company's gonna company, right? Agreed, agreed. Um, okay, so this one's like barely a story, but it's regarding the gargoyles, uh, I guess, live action project, which is maybe question mark <laughs> in development. I don't know. Um, there's a new rumor via Tunado, which Dylan. is apparently a reputable news source. <laughs> Dylan. it's like you know it's up there with like you know bbc like today yeah and, and murphy's multiverse trusted scoopers yeah uh-huh and the Diz insider the Diz insider um that's the worst name uh, anyway it's awful um, but go on they are claiming that kenneth branagh is directing the gargoyles film um the live action gargoyles. no he isn't no way this is kenneth branagh of thor and the Murder on the Orient Express slash all the other serious Shakespearean actor bro movie. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I don't know. Not a not at all a Gargoyles fan at all. So maybe he sees. No, I don't. I'm not one to talk about Gargoyles. Unfortunately, I don't. I never really got the hype when I was a kid uh, when it was airing. I I didn't catch it. And so I think it's just it's not really my thing at all. It just uh I have, I have nothing against it. It's just not for me. I like him as a director, uh, though. I do. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, it I, would be a plus for the uh, for the film. He did the best. He did the best Disney live action movie. So <laughs> live action adaptation, Cinderella. So okay, you know, he could do it. That's all I'm saying. I could see like his like visual style on it would be kind of cool, but like I don't see him agreeing to be like, yeah, I want to do gargoyles. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, but people like gargoyles, and they think it's I, I believe. Okay, I think the 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 thinking about gargoyles is that it's like a sort of an elevated kid show, or for, elevated yeah. for the time, and that there's a lot of like introspection and stuff in the show. I might I might be fully off base on that, but I think you're right. I think people think that at the very least. I, I'm not saying that that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's true, and you're right. Yeah, I've been people say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, good for gargoyles. Yeah, congrats. Good, good for Kenny. Um, <laughs> Kenny Branagh. Do you think anybody calls Kenny him Kenny? They call him Branny. Uh, <laughs> Branny. <laughs> um, that's all my news, though, basically, that I got. All right. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. 
Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. I'm going to go first. I'm not picking a comic. I'm not picking a game. (laughs) What am I picking? I'm picking a hot toy. The Moon Knight hot toy has hit Bedrock City. (laughs) He's landed. He's touched down. He's also in my house. Uh, so, yeah. but yes, um, Moon Knight Hot Toy, super cool. Go get it while they last. <laughs> I have him too. It's so good that we both had to get it. You know, I know it comes with a a life size moon ring. I know. I know what they're called? Yeah, it's weird. It's because it's, it's cool. made. Out, I haven't opened it yet, but I I saw it online. Interesting. <laughs> Why haven't you opened it up yet? I just got home. You got to open it up. That's Priorities. True. You should be doing That's it true. while we're recording. Okay, you're right. Um, Forgive the background. My please. pick, my pick is the crossover event of the century. It is uh, big game number one. If you're a Mark Miller fan, it combines uh, Kickass, Kingsman, Nemesis, Magic Order, all the mo- the Miller World franchises into one. I mean, um, that's cool. That's cool. If you like the Mark Miller stuff, that's that's neat. Yeah, I don't yep. know what it's about, it, it, and I haven't read a few of those, but I... Has this been an option for a Netflix out. show as well? Oh, I'm sure it has, yeah. Okay. It's already in the works. <laughs> okay, got it. Not anymore. Hold not, on, no, not no mores. What about you, Matt? Uh, so my pick of the week is a comic. It's the Star Wars Return of the Jedi Rebellion number one one-shot. Nice. It's, it's yeah, got Akbar it's a, on the cover, right? Yeah, it's got Akbar. He got a great variant with um, him and Mon Mothma, like, back-to-back. Nice. Looks great. The stories in in the book are um, re- uh, really close to the events of Return of the Jedi, like days before the movie starts. And uh, a couple characters that show up are Shara Bay and Kess Dameron, Poe's parents. So if you oh, love neat. those characters, read the book. Okay, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, getting on to my news. Um, last week, while we didn't have Matt here, we had a teaser trailer for the new Toho Godzilla Minus One. Um and today we got a full look at God. Whoops, that's not Godzilla. That's sneakers. Hold on. Um, we got a picture, a full Oops. body image from Toho of the new Godzilla design. Send it to the chat here. If Matt, you know, I'm gonna get a holy react. smokes. What do you think, Matt? You're a big Godzilla that looks, guy. That looks great. The dorsal spines are massive, though. Yeah, there's also a SH figure arts or SH monster arts that they put out where you can really see. Um, all of his back stuff going on he like, looks re- he looks I, real man, cool i like the fins yeah i like yeah, that. here's I the that, here's the monster arts that big one needs to be down a little bit just a little bit but other than that i love that design i wow. think it's really cool yeah that's super cool so not nothing nothing like out of the realm of like this is godzilla but he's got big stuff on his back basically if you're for the people that are listening at home he's got and, big feet he's got his feet are massive also, that he can put on those those J's so he can dunk on Barkley. 
What a callback. That's right. Uh, there's Beautiful. the there's the poster, Matt. Um, That's you, great. You need to go check out the teaser. If you haven't seen it yet. You're gonna you're gonna pop. You're gonna like it. All right. Um, all right. Anyway, moving on. Insidious: The Red Door, which we talked about last week, um, has passed 120 million at the box office, which is pretty pretty all right. Um, they make their for, money back, right? Yeah. Uh, for for nice. a movie like for this movie, yeah, they're they're doing. I think it was made for like sixteen million or something. Yeah, this movie so. was holy fr- almost free. So good that's job. I mean, good, Patrick Wilson, good for them. Um, and, I did see it, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I I thought it was okay. I okay. kind of felt a lot of the same same. Okay, got it. I still recommend seeing it in theaters. Like if this, it's a fun movie to see in theaters. I'll say that anticlimactic. Like, I thought. I yeah yeah. Um, anyway, go on. My, my also, also, I didn't mention this during the Insidious review. There's a the the post or the end credits song is from a band I really yeah, like. What was that? Hold on, oh. it's from Ghost. I love Ghost, but <laughs> it is Ghost featuring Patrick Wilson on vocals, and it is the worst. I knew thing. it was Patrick Wilson. I had that thought. <sighs> it is Patrick Wilson on vocals. I'm like, what is this? How did they get Ghost to agree to do this? Like, Ghost is great. <laughs> And it's so bad. It's so okay, I was bad. I feel bad for a second being like, that was terrible. No, it's uh, terrible. I, I love I love Ghost. Um, but anyway. And it um, had like insidious lyrics too. I it was did. Like, Ugh. Yeah. Patrick okay, it's Patrick anyway. Wilson, baby. He wrote it. Mm, he's a stick to directing and acting. Yeah. Yikes. Um, we've mentioned this before, but this week, this is the week, the original terrifier. Is hitting theaters again, or for actually for the first time. It's getting the first like wide release ever. It's going to be in 700 theaters this week. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, I, it was initially supposed to be like a Fathom event type of a thing, and it was only going to be on Wednesday, but they realized that was going to uh, have a problem conflicting with Barbie and Oppenheimer, so they, it's going to run a week. <laughs> um, and I bought my ticket for Wednesday night, 10 p.m. I am the only ticket in the theater sold, so you know, I'm excited. It's gonna be real weird watching an extremely gory film um, by myself. You gonna eat snacks while you do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> you got a stomach for that? Like really? Yeah. Like... Of course. Okay. Yeah, got to. Okay. Just, get, just get a big old popcorn and just nom, nom, nom. <laughs> watch Art the Clown do his thing. If you don't like Nolan, I think the real move is the Terrifier slash Barbie double feature. You what know? goes first? Uh, Barbie. Either one. Yeah, and- Wrap yeah, it up with Terrifier. On a high note, you watch it with the with the Terrifier at the end. Dude, Terrifier is a rip roaring good time. If you uh, look uh, with the proviso Emphasis on the rip, yes, it, with the proviso that if you're okay with extreme gore, it's hilarious and it's a hoot. Um, unrealistic gore, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, <sighs> um, if you've never seen Terrifier, I I give it a hearty recommendation. Uh, if you like very very extreme slasher movies if you don't don't go see it you're not gonna like, like he means it. extreme because it's 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 like, it's also it's, kind it's, of it's also kind of bad some like there's a very comically bad effect in the beginning of the movie like i don't know if it's on purpose that it's that bad but someone well, so shows terrified too well of course some so someone shows up with a like a like a horribly burned face and it just it looks cartoonish <laughs> yeah, it looks, so, looks cartoonish that effect looks bad. Like, this is for real. This is this on purpose. <laughs> mm. Okay, but anyway, goes to Terrifier in theaters apparently. Okay, um, 
vinegar syndrome. We've talked about vinegar syndrome before. We all know I like vinegar syndrome, but I will remind you what they are if you don't know. Vinegar syndrome is a Blu-ray releasing company. They um, do not typically make films. They get rights to underappreciated genre films or new release you know, genre films, whatever. And they will release them in a boutique style Blu-ray. Like we're talking like a $40 thing with a slip cover, but for, you know, Psycho 3, you know, uh, you know, not Psycho, Psycho 3. 3. They don't do Psycho 3, but you know, stuff that you never heard of before, like Robot Jocks. Invasion Invasion USA. They did do, they, they did Invasion USA. Yeah. No, no, they yeah. didn't. They did, they did Action USA, which is really good. Oh, Action USA is great Action too. USA That's is great. A, anyway, anyway, Shot so, Houston. Two years ago, as I mentioned before, they released their first movie called New York Ninja. And I've talked about New York Ninja enough. It's incredible. It's a movie where they inherited all these unprocessed dailies, raw footage, unedited with no audio, no script, no nothing. And they just got a budget together and and cut the movie together, made up the story and re-recorded dialogue. It's incredible. Anyway, this year they are releasing their first film in theaters. It is called Eight Eyes. And it's going to be premiering at the Fantasia International Film Festival in the first weekend in August. It's made in conjunction with Vinegar Syndrome and some Joe Bob Briggs people. Um, and it is supposed to be a Euro-style shocker. We don't have a trailer yet. Actually, we do. No, we do not have a trailer yet. We have a bunch of images that look real weird and a poster that obviously looks incredible. But what do they say here? They say... um. Eight Eyes draws equal. I'm, I'm not going to read you the plot synopsis because it's people go to Yugoslavia and bad stuff happens. The former hey. Yugoslavia, you know, um, but the, what they say about the movie is Eight Eyes draws equally from Eastern European genre cinema and American regional horror films, the seventies to create a nightmarish tableau of nostalgia twisted into berserk new shapes set among the ruins of the former Yugoslavia. Eight eyes was scripted and structured with significant contributions from the film's local cast and crew to ensure an authentic portrayal of the cultural environment, in which it was set. One of which has rarely been documented on film. It looks so cool. I'm super <laughs> excited for this. I love vinegar syndrome. All their aesthetic is great. It's going to be violent. It's going to be weird. It's going to have, it's going to be great. I'm super excited for this. So as as uh, as this uh, progresses, I'll let you know more about it. I'm sure we'll get a trailer at some point. It's, and nobody I've ever heard of is involved with this movie. Like the actors and... They didn't get Cynthia Rothrock or anything? No, no they, they couldn't get Cynthia. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, we have four trailers this week. Um, one of which isn't really a horror movie, but it's a thriller that is listed on Bloody Disgusting, which is where I get most of my horror news from. So... It is a horror movie in that it is a real life horror and thriller movie. So everything else is more or less in, in that lane. But this one is kind of a little off brand, but I thought the trailer was really compelling. So we're going to talk about it. Um, it's a movie called Stay Online. It's a screen life type thriller where it's like, you know, I can't remember. Unfriended. Any- Thank you. Right, yes. Missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, it's all, someone looking at a screen and talking the whole time. Um, and it was filmed during the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, it's going to hold its world premiere July 22nd at Montreal's Fantasia Film Festival. Um, and the plot is a young woman volunteering in Kiev is given one of a thousand laptops, one of the thousands of laptops donated by ordinary Ukrainians to support the war effort. The woman receives a mysterious video, video call from a young boy searching for his father, the laptop's previous owner, who went missing during the Russian army's invasion in Buka. 
And reluctantly, she agrees to help find the missing parents, a decision that will ultimately force her to risk her lives for the ones of uh, the, her loved ones. I thought this trailer looked very intense and really mm-hmm. cool. I th- yeah. I liked. I thought this was really impressive. I I liked it a lot. I don't normally go for this gimmick of a movie, but I was hooked into it. I'm What'd with you. Think? It looks it looks great. I the it, it makes you it really feel like you really feel like you're there. In they have some combat footage and you feel like oh man, it looks so it intense. Looks so, oh my god, the gosh. poster is terrible. The posters, <laughs> I, you know, here's the poster. The, also, the poster's bad. It just looks. It looks very. It looks like very cheap. Ooh, it looks yeah. like dollar. It looks like it bargain looks like bin a, Walmart. It looks like a parody, like the end of the world, and all I got is this laptop. Right. Um. What do you think, Dylan? I thought it looked super compelling. I actually like this. Uh, like Genre. device, this way to like save money. You know, is like mm-hmm. sometimes the way it feels. But this one seems like it was. If it's if it's in more like narratively, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm used to these types of movies being like dumb gimmicky ones. Uh, this one looks like a way more, you know, heartfelt, compelling one. So I and it looks very it. thrilling. I was a little taken aback because when I read the 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 tagline on Bloody Disgusting, which is a horror news website, I'm like, okay, I'm expecting some sort of a monster to pop out or something, <laughs> and it's like, no, no, it's just we are the monsters, apparently. I do. Um, I do wonder if they showed too much in the trailer. Oh, they definitely did. They definitely. Oh yeah. Did. So, um, be wary um, yeah, of that if you plan on seeing it. We don't have it. Yeah, release. maybe don't finish the trailer. Right. We don't. We don't have a um any sort of North American release information yet, but obviously we will keep you up to date on that. Um, things that will be getting theatrical release. We got a trailer for a movie called Birth Rebirth, and this is a quote. Standout directorial debut from Laura Moss, and it reimagines Mary Shelley's classic horror myth Frankenstein with such a contemporary understanding that it becomes something exciting, terrifying, and singularly new. And holy cannoli, this is a trailer. This is a debut. This is their first movie. This and is this a looks debut? wild. This looks like oh a wild my picture. God. Yeah, it's this movie. This trailer just takes a hard left turn. It is like, whoa. Okay. Michael- I'll tell you. I'll tell you this right now. I was going to tell you off off air, but I want to save the. I want to save this. I enjoyed this trailer. I want to see this movie the most out of all the trailers I saw. Really, I would have. I would have predicted it would have been the last one we're going to talk about. But yep, but this um, one. This one. Plot plot on it is further here. Rose is a pathologist who prefers uh, working with corpses over social interaction. She also has an obsession: the reanimation of the dead. Um, Selly is a maternity nurse who has built her life around her bouncy chatterbox six-year-old daughter, Lila, who one tragic night, Lila falls suddenly ill and dies. Uh, the two women's worlds crash into each other. They embark on a dark path of no return where they were forced to confront how far they're willing to go to protect what they hold most dear. It has been rated R uh, for, quote, disturbing material and gore, some sexual content, language and nudity. Um Trace Thurman, who um, reviewed the movie from at Sundance, it was a Sundance film. Um, he said, "Mothers beware, this is a rough watch." Oof. So, what do you think of the trailer, Dylan? I thought it looked super good. I'm very excited. This was one that I was bummed that they didn't put online for the Sundance Film Festival because I watched like 11 of these movies, and this was one of them I really wanted to see, but they didn't. They didn't offer it, it so it, I'm like, too bad. It looks it, so good. It's been on my radar for a while, and I'm very excited to finally see it. it. It's coming out August 18th. I'm glad we got a trailer. It looks so good. Okay, another movie, more theatrical. A24. 
um, has a movie coming out called Medusa Deluxe. This is another directorial debut here uh, and is also a weird uh, has a gimmick as, as well as several gimmicks. Anyway, um, in Medusa Deluxe, talented, ambitious and backstabbing hairstylists gather for a competition in England only to find one of their own murdered before judging can begin. Winding through neon-lit hallways and backstage dressing rooms, competitors unspool long, simmering resentments and secrets as they search for the killer among them. In this devilishly funny whodunit debut uh, uh, from debut filmmaker Thomas Hardiman, it's also a single-take movie. So it's going to be in the, one of that, uh, you know, the whole movie is in one take type of a deal, mm-hmm. which is always a crazy uh, Where are the uh, edits? A gimmick. Right. Um. I so the trailer. I thought the trailer was really strong. It, it was giving in fabric to me. Um, I thought it had a lot of that energy. I don't know if you saw that. I'm sure Matt didn't see that. No, that's a movie about a killer dress. It's really good. Um, okay. And I don't really know anybody in this movie. Um, I know, I think I know. No, I know Claire Perskins. That's it. Um, anyway, what do you think about it, Dylan? I didn't see the trailer actually. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Well, no, but I like the premise. It sounds yeah, good. It it's it really when you watch the trailer, it is going to give you in fabric, I'm sure. Matt, what do you think? I didn't see the trailer either. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Did I not? No. I guess I didn't share it. That's my mistake. Okay. Oh, well. Um anyway, you I thought it, it sounds interesting. No, I sure didn't say it. Look at that. I meant to. How about that? Okay. Um go watch it afterwards. It's really cool. Um I will. Yeah, it's it's going to be coming into select theaters and then VOD. Um, so it's select theaters, um, August 11th and VOD probably two weeks later. So much like a lot of these smaller tier um, A24 films. Anyway, last trailer we got The Creator. Um, we've talked about this before. We had a teaser, I don't know, a month or two ago. I don't remember, Dylan. What is time? Um, <laughs> anyway, the full trailer is out from Gareth Edwards. And what is the plot here? Joshua and his team of elite operatives journey across enemy lines into dark heart of AI occupied enemy territory only to discover the world ending weapon. He's been instructed to destroy is an AI in the form of a young child. Uh, Film stars, John David Washington, Gemma Chan, Ken Watanabe, Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson, uh, the musician, (laughs) uh, Madeline, Yuna Voiles and Allison Janney, obviously fantastic. Love (laughs) Allison Janney. Um, Anyway, so, what do we think about this trailer? Um, I here, here's my I, yeah, let's, let's give okay. it to let's give it to you first. I, I I was expecting Matt to be this was like your your one. Agreed. Yeah, this looks okay. I, really? I mean, I'm tired of AI like take over the world movies. I mean, we did just see one. It, yeah, but like this, like I'm tired of this kind of view of AI, of it like it, it's just Terminator. It's just the Terminator thing. Oh, the AI took the I get that. And nuked us and it. There are people that walk among us that are they look like us, and I'm, I don't know. I'm just body not, snatchers. I, I'm not sold on this movie yet. I mean, I, there's still plenty of time for it, but I'm. Just, I like I like Gareth Edwards. Like I do. Too. I, I like I every him. movie he's directed. I mean, okay, I don't love Rogue One, but I, it was directed well. Um, yeah, I like Godzilla, and I love Monsters. His first movie from 2010. Love that movie. That um, yeah, but what what did you think, Dylan? Um, I feel mostly the same. I think it visually looks really good. Um, the yes. narratively doesn't look very compelling to me at all. I don't know if it's 
also the right time for like a pro AI movie. It seems like it has a very it has seems like it has a very sympathetic approach, which sure, like but we we've seen that so many times, like Matt said. Um I like on one hand I like that we're getting a big budget original story, you know? That is not um, that's nice. Because I want to reward that with it. So it seems very rare, like a big sci-fi slash action original movie. That's yeah, on sequel not, or based not based on, on something. But I'm with you said, on that it too. seems very derivative of so many things. I can see mm-hmm. the influences so clearly. Like, I wish it was more original, you know? So right. um, I'll see it. Uh, it. It it might be good, but I don't really care for the story from what I've seen so far. And uh, it looks a little too, too uh, derivative for me. I get Seems that. like we're on the same page on there, Dylan. I, I think visually it looks pretty strong as well. I don't I don't hate the theme as much as y'all do, but like it I did eye roll a little bit when they like when they started talking about AI. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Very topical. But I, I agree that like I think without that visual style, this movie would be very uncompelling. Um Yeah, I'm with you. I do think um as a quick mention, the uh, the poster for this movie upsets me very much. It, it they just ripped off. It is a good poster. It's a great poster, but it is very clearly emulating Simon Stallenhog's art, and he did in fact not do the poster. Um, so it looks like the, that mixed with Star Wars. It know? does. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, he did do Rogue One, so there you go. Yeah. But anyway, um. That's all I've got for news this week. So let's hear about those tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Spoilers, we will be spoiling the film. Everything in the movie is open to be talked about. If you don't want the movie spoiled for you, there are things to spoil. <laughs> Turn back now. This is your yeah. warning. Final spoiler Go warning. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth your time. Proceed at your own risk. All right. Anyway, Mission Impossible. So let's talk about hype levels for this movie, as we always do first. Let's have Matt <laughs> go first. Matt, how excited were you for this movie? Uh, a Christopher McQuarrie directed uh, spy action thriller with Tom Cruise in the uh, leading role. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the uh, hype level was at a ten out of ten. Yeah, no kidding. You super <laughs> pumped. When, what day did you see it? You see it first day? Uh, I saw it Wednesday. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. What about very, you? Going? How hyped were you? I was extremely hyped. I 
endured a super hot, like warm, no oh, AC yeah. pre-screening of this movie because I was so hyped for it. I was scared to get spoiled. So it's like, I need to see it first. My um, theater was warm too. Yeah, it's gross. Um, yeah, they, I think this is like the best uh, modern action franchise that there is. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, it's the most consistently good. Yeah, for sure. Franchise, especially for sure. since I don't four, dispute four that. five, six, and seven, all in the '90s on Rotten Tomatoes, all mm-hmm. super well received, all different in their own ways. So, like, I, I feel like uh, three's overlooked, unfortunately. I don't remember one, two, and three that well. I gotta say, I remember one so, very well. Yeah, I don't I remember two one or three most, at all. But two and three, I don't. I truly don't know about. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's rare to have like even four great entries back to back. You know, so mm-hmm. um, it's become appointment viewing for me. I'm I'm there. I will be seated as soon as <laughs> Mission Impossible is coming out. For sure. Okay, and I was, I I was kind of mid-tier looking forward to it. I wasn't not looking forward to it, but I I know how much Dylan really likes it. And I haven't seen uh no, I'm looking back. I don't think I see it saw Ghost Protocol, which is four, right? Okay. But I've seen Rogue Nation and on. Okay. And I don't that's where this, I'm sure that's I saw where the story three. started. So I mean like you you picked it you started at a good point because McCory's vision for the character of Ethan Hunt is consistent through these films. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, I'm looking because Brad Bird did four. Okay, mm-hmm. that was his live action debut. Right, interesting. Okay, very good. R- directed really well, like a very like top to bottom great looking movie. Okay, well, so I was um I was looking forward to seeing it. I know Dylan uh, really puts it over, um, <laughs> and I enjoyed the last one. So. But or put, puts these types of puts Mission Impossible over, I should say. Um, but as I've said before, I am not a big action movie fan. I generally find extended action sequences kind of boring. Um, that's just mm-hmm. it's just not. I generally, I should say, like, yeah, this year I haven't seen an action movie. I'm I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing an action movie this year that I thought was really good or compelling. Fast X was kind of. Well, Fast X was not good. Um, I didn't love Indy. I think you like some of the John Wick action scenes. In the I didn't. Right? I I saw the first one. I haven't. I've only. I haven't seen any of the Are other. We ones. didn't do John Wick. No. Oh, well, we didn't talk about he it. He would like it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so there's that. Um. So, yes. Anyway, I saw. I saw the plot. So I saw this movie. Um. Monday. So I just saw it yesterday. No one. Mm, okay. Yesterday. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Um man. Okay, let's talk about the plot. Dylan, I'll get I'll, I'll pass it off to you. I'll just read the little solicitation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um Ethan Hunt and his IMF team. That's a impossible, impossible mission, mission force. That's awful. Impossible just want to go ahead and yeah. just get rid of that. It's a like show it. from like the that. 60s, Michael. What do you want? It's, I don't like it. Delete it. Don't just say mo- it. Just they move said on. it in this movie. But they yeah. but when they say it, they're not saying it to be serious. Like I know. It's a it's a it's a wink wink haha. I get that. But, but no one like, laughed. Uh, fine, but like uh, whatever. I'll I see what you're saying. I'm okay. I mean it's not enough to do real anything. Um yeah. they embark on the most dangerous mission yet to drag down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. It's this AI that they're trying to find. With mm-hmm. control of the future and the fate of the world at stake. And dark forces from Ethan's past closing in 
A deadly race uh, around the globe begins, confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, the AI. Uh, I don't know why they're hiding that. Um, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. Well, that sounds just like, okay. I feel like I, I don't just care that they're similar. hiding it. Yeah. Well, this is more like... This one's like, it's less like a person and more of a, right. I feel like they should have been upfront about it being like an AI. I think that's the, like what's unique about it. I but, was pleasantly surprised it was because I didn't know. I didn't guy. know that going in. I don't know if you did. Neither did I. I didn't know that Me going either. in. No. Um, the trailers did a fantastic job not giving that away. Right. Um, and I thought it was compelling in this. I thought the villain was actually very compelling. Yes. Um, and just we, we can get to that, of course. But um, we have a lot of returning cast, right? You got Tom Cruise, um, Ving Raim, Simon Pegg, uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Kirby. Yes. And the rest. And then um, you have. I for- Go ahead. I forget the name. I forget how to say his last name, but the guy who played the IMF director in the first movie is back in this movie. Um, oh, so okay. that was oh, okay. Harry, yeah, Harry Harry Zerny or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, he, he's fantastic. I loved him in this for sure. He was good. Um, and I I like the cast. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think everybody's good in this movie. Um, I like so this is obviously um a point of contention with Matt. I don't I don't love Tom Cruise. That's I fine. Don't. I don't. But I, but I, you know but but you know either. what like he's good in this like he. He he is he's really dialed in to yeah. this role. Um, it is so. Look, Tom Cruise. I feel like in a lot of Tom Cruise movies, you're getting mostly it's just a Tom Cruise portrayal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's portraying himself. I think you're getting that here too. But this is the least of it in any re- modern performance for Tom Cruise. This is he's got Ethan Hunt down. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's been he playing understand. the guy from '96. He knows it. He un- he understands it. And he, he did really well. And, and honestly, and for a movie that is, um, has so many people in it, there is enough of a break from having, it's not just Tom Cruise on screen at all times. There's other stuff going on too, which is cool. Yeah. Supporting cast does a great job, um, playing off of Cruise and playing off of each other when Cruise isn't in the scenes. For sure. Uh, new people, you have Haley Atwell and, uh, Palm Clementif. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, <laughs> Palm was great. I loved I thought she was awesome. I thought that was, uh, she was a super yeah. cool character. Great addition to the cast. Okay. Um, let, let me, let, let's, I want to say something. Uh, Matt mentioned this today to me uh, at the store. He said, bring back the 20 minute cold open before the titles. <laughs> and you know what? I That worked for me. I loved the opening scene to this movie. I thought it was so compelling because oh, I didn't know what so was going good. on. I'm just watching it, figuring it out. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a wall of text explaining to me the plot. I just, you know, you got there. I figured it, it out. Was, oh, so sweet. Did I know everything that was going on? No, but you know, you figure it out. You put it together. And I thought, to. I thought it was really compelling. I don't need to have everything spelled out for me. Yeah. Oh, um, God. I'm I, with you. I, I want to talk about the action in this movie is that. So as I said, at the top of this review is that I didn't, I don't typically care for extended action sequences. I find them boring. I was not bored at all in this movie. This first of all, this movie's two hours and forty five minutes. It's a little long. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't feel it though. I will say I was not bored. I was not bored at all in this movie. Um, the action was good. It was compelling. It was interesting. It was unique. 
it wasn't the same old spots you see in every other action movie. Everything had a little bit of a twist. Yeah, it was good. Uh, all oh, the action yeah. was was cool. Mm-hmm. I and the stakes were different with each yes. action scene. You know, yeah. So it was. It wasn't it, like, just. Oh no! I have to do them. this, or I'll die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's really easy to compare this to Indiana Jones because they're both like we got to get right. this thing movies. Um, you know, you know the ones. Right. Um, but this mm-hmm. is just done so much differently, and I, in my opinion, like it, oh. it's it's so much better. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. The, not only are they like choreographed better, but the like personal stakes from each character are like woven into each action scene and it's like better acting like this in every in every sense it's better in my opinion oh and each action scene each action scene in the movie feels like its own three act play like right you've got the rising action the climax of it and the falling action in each of them and they're all choreographed perfectly and the tension is built just second after second with each of the scenarios that they're put in it's just so much fun to watch them have to play off of uh just they have to think quick in the situations. It's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. I think, um, man, I really, I really dug this movie. I found myself like the whole time just being surprised at how invested I was in this movie (laughs) and how much I was enjoying it. Man, this is really good. That makes me feel really good about that. Because I I, like coming off of like Dylan said, coming off of indie. Cause Mm -hmm. that was what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. It was just, which is to me a, a kind of a dull action movie and just a hey a member berries type of action movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And this one is not resting on its laurels. Does have a lot of callbacks to old stuff in the franchise, oh, yeah. but doesn't. That's not what the movie is. That's there mm-hmm. for the people that want that. But like, for me, who doesn't care about the member berries of the Impossible Mission Force? <laughs> I, this movie is super rad. Like there's yeah, a lot. This could there's be a lot first, to like. This could be your first one, and you'd be fine. Yes, I think yeah, any of these sure. could have been your first one, and you'd be all right. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh man, I just boy. I need to see this again. I can't wait. What was your so okay? What was your favorite stunt or scene, action scene? Is it in? Is it the motorcycle jump? Is that is that the one? Uh, no, it's not. Nah. Okay. The jump was mine's great. the Fiat chase. Oh, dude, the Fiat, the Fiat chase. Is I love incredible. the Fiat. <laughs> It's the fact that he's handcuffed to Haley Atwell the whole time. That's so interesting. I thought that was good. That's the best. It's the best choice, and and he has on the to drive. on the wrong hand too. Like yes. Oh my god. That was good. And it, I love the and Fiat. that's all filmed in camera. Like they were actually handcuffed to each other while Cruz is doing the stunts. Like that's the coolest thing about it. Right. Oh, that's so cool. What what about y'all? What was your favorite um, action sequence? I think the uh, train the... one at the end was my favorite one. The, the train was great. I loved how the stakes kept building on that one, too. Like, you had the, the key theft, and you had Ethan right. trying to make the train, and the other agents are on the train, and Carrie always is on the train, and it, like, it just kept building. It was really well-paced. Uh, there was so much just, like, um, building and building and building, and it was it was really good. I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tension was really good yeah don't count out the the airport uh sequence either the airport was really well done i thought i thought i was invested that entire time i thought that was that was actually that's probably better for sure that That felt like a callback that felt like a callback to like the de palma mission impossible where it's very 
it's not big and bombastic. It's very quiet and um, you feel very isolated. That's why I like that one so much. But the stakes are huge. For sure. Um, speaking back of the train thing, it just, it did, when I was watching that, the train sequence, it did make me think, oh, wow. So this is how you do a more compelling train scene than Indiana Jones. Because the, the the one in India was not like much for me, but this one lighting. was lighting. Right. This There's so great. many similarities. It's weird. It, They're both long, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, that that was my highlight. What about characters? Any certain character highlights? I'll throw it to Matt. I I loved. Uh, there were a couple callbacks to uh, the first Mission Impossible, where um, Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames are basically both hackers because they were both introduced as hackers in their respective films. And Simon Pegg calls. Ving Rhames, uh, Luther Stickle, the the net ranger, which was what Ethan called him in the first movie, and I was like, "What a what a pull that was!" So I loved all the banter between the crew. Um, uh, Gabriel gave some excellent villain monologues. He did. Oh yeah, he was good. Chilling, yeah. Oh, so good. Um, I think I, I'm gonna pick a, I'm pick Palm Clementif. I thought she was great. I really mostly silent role too, right? Yeah, as Paris, I thought she was good. Mm. Yeah, Um, I'm glad she made it out. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I also really like Simon Pegg. I thought he was great. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's great in this. A bit part. He got asked to be on it as a favor for J.J. Abrams in Mission Impossible Three, and he was like, "Yeah, okay," and then jumped on four. So yeah, I constantly think they're about to die. And all these me too. Movies. and like, me they too. made it out again every single movie. <laughs> and and that's and that's what's really good because like I I I was watching this with the thought that anybody except Tom Cruise can die. Yeah, agreed. I I you could put Cruise on the board though. No, get out of here. You could put Cruise unless you could put unless Cruise it, on the board unless it's the last one that he's His not. Ego dying. wouldn't allow that. Yeah, ain't no Fair way. Enough. Fair it, enough. I, you might you might you might get an ambiguous is he or isn't he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. but ain't been no dead way twice before. So I mean, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> but right. I thought, I thought character-wise, uh, all the things that y'all said. But in addition to Palm, like I think this has like of these like Bond-style action movies, like the coolest women. You know, um, mm-hmm. right? It did such a good job. Like you never see more than one really. Um, and they had, you know, like four super cool women. Um. And like very distinct too. They didn't feel like the same right. action woman They're copy extremely and, like, copy and four times. Yeah, I thought Grace was like a really cool addition. I think she I like how they made her kind of the extremely capable but like also fish out of water kind of clueless <sighs> character that like is normally result like uh like reserved for dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that was like she was like really nuanced in that way. And I thought that was really cool. But Rebecca Ferguson is always my favorite. She's been my favorite in this whole franchise. Um, and I thought she She's killed great. it. And her like her action scene was so cool. I thought her her main fight scene was was really compelling. I was yeah. the coolest like hand to hand fight scene in this movie. I, I appreciate hand to hand scenes where both parties lay like get hits in and like they react. Like you see them have to like stretch they out sell where it. they got hit. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, the cells are great. Right. And, Absolutely. and Vanessa Kirby did a really good job playing Haley Atwell as well. <laughs> I thought she killed it. She did really good. I could that tell, was, you know? Yeah, so good. It was good. Absolutely. 
Did they not? Did they do like a contacts thing? Because I think Vanessa Kirby has blue eyes. Yeah, they were brown when she okay, was. Okay, I was. I was blue eyes, white widow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's rumored to be Sue Storm. I think that'd be a cool. That'd be cool casting. I'd support it. I'm like in. That. Um. When can we talk about things we don't like? Go ahead. Let's hear it. What didn't you like, Dylan? Yeah, we've been been way too positive for me. I need to get negative (laughs) for a second. All right. What didn't you Um, like? My only complaint, and it's not like something that can derail the movie overall, but I, I'm and I'm a little biased. I just told you who my favorite character was. I was, (laughs) I was bummed (laughs) that they fridged Ilsa. Um, she's she's been in the last three movies at this point now. Can you explain fridging, Dylan? Fridging is when they kill a female character to further a male character's story. Um, yes. I think this isn't like quite as simple as that because she did further like the whole overall plot rather than like yeah, but the whole plot Tom, is Tom Cruise said right. You know, there's different degrees of it. I don't I don't think it's as egregious as some other times, but I it, wish it had just re- been someone else. Um, I think it's exacerbated by the fact that they introduced another brunette British lady to like, right. swap her out. It felt like, oh, only one girl can be on team. Kill one, introduce one. You know, new girl. It's kind of like, kind of like yeah. what the Bond movies do. That 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 makes me really annoyed sometimes. So I hate that the, that was in this. Dylan, the formula is the first Bond girl he meets, he sleeps with, she dies. It's tried and true. It's happened since Doctor No. That's how it goes, man. I'm sorry. Look, we know it. We like I it. Get it. I get it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And they didn't have to make it like a flirtatious romance thing, too, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think that was so annoying. I don't like the female character swapping, but uh, I do really like the new character. And um, I'm 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 clowning Michael and Matt. I'm like, I'm here to like tell myself that they somehow <laughs> faked her death to fool the AI. Oh, you know? I see. It, it hinged on them killing one of the two ladies, you know? So, yeah. like, what if she they could, she could come play- back? There's, there's got to be some way. Okay? I mean, you're, you're doing the gimmick, but like it could happen though. I I'm mean, I'm telling myself she's not dead until like the next five years when we see the next movie. So I would say if they hadn't had done the fake out in the first twenty minutes, I'd yeah. say sure. But they'd already played this card, and I think that's why they did it. That was done so well. I like to... that they did the fake out. Yeah. I, I tell you what, man, the editing in that first 20 minutes of like you see stuff you just saw just so you can get it right back in your head fresh. I appreciated the heck out of that. I agree with you. That was so I was I was just like, thank God. They, this is such a refreshing experience of an action film. It's so good. Did it pass the Bechdel test even with the four female Ooh. characters? It, it might not so. have. It might not have. I'm not sure. I, didn't. I don't That's think Grace I wasn't yeah. Elsa even spoke. Well, did 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 women ever? Okay. I'm just, I dude I don't even remember. Um, I think you might have passed it in the scene in the at the party with um, uh, Vanessa Kirby and Rebecca Ferguson, or Vanessa maybe. Kirby and Haley Atwell. You might get away with it there, maybe. That's tough. But anyway, action scene. Yeah, whatever. Let's, not really. Let's, do you guys want to rate this movie or is there anything else we got to get to? Uh, I mean, I think we got it. What do you think? Yeah, Dylan? We got it. We got it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm I agree with Dylan. Those are my only real complaints. I think the length wasn't a problem. I think the to be continued wasn't a problem. Unlike it was in Fast X. That's a problem. That movie <laughs> didn't earn it. This movie did. It's easy. Agreed. 
Yeah, I mean, if you really want to hear my thoughts on it, just come see me at the store. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to talk to Matt uh, for yeah. an extended period of time, come down. Hey, to I'll talk and here. I'll give him a chat in advance. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's read this movie. Um. We use a letterbox scale, which is zero point five to five. Uh. I am giving it a four. It's pretty uh, high for I'll, me. That's pretty good. Uh, Dylan, you want to go? Or do you want me to go? I'll go. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I will give this a 4.5 as well. Nice. Very nice. I I think the closure is the only thing sealing a five for me. Like I, I, maybe the next one will push it over. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I appreciate an open-ended thing. It's a two part story. I understand that. I, I do enjoy having a, a very complete uh, ending to these things because that's how we've ended all of them. You know what? I'm gonna switch up to a four or five. I'm looking, I'm looking at my letterbox scores of fours and four or fives. I got to be consistent <laughs> with myself. It's a four or five. It's not a four. Uh, Based on the consistency of my reviews, it's all right. more akin to a four or five. So there we go. Because there's not I much wrong. Win. I can't. I can't go five. That last half no. star died with Ilsa. So <laughs> it's four and a half. That's not a five. I respect it. I respect it. I, I I only have a handful of fives and I I only pull them out a couple times a year. I've already done I've already done two this year. I can't. What I were can't, your two fives? Uh, Bo's afraid in Spider Verse. Okay. That's okay. it. Well, okay, Banshees of Inisherin, but that was like that came out last that's, year, but I watched it this that's year. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. I had three last year. Is a <laughs> a two theatrical everything everywhere all at once to drive my car. But anyway, um, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I love doing this. I, I really love doing on. this with you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me on for these. I know yeah. I talk too much on them. So. No, you're great, man. We thank, <laughs> thank you, anybody. Thank you, everyone, for downloading us. Really appreciate all the support. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. This is Matt. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.